Hello, I'm Anthony DeFilippo, and welcome to the very first episode of this brand new podcast. During this episode, we will address everything new in Pittsburgh sports, from the Starling Marte trade to how will the Penguins do after the All-Star break. Also, is there a new potential target for the Steelers in the upcoming free agency? All that and more will be covered in this episode of City of Bridges podcast. Welcome back and happy Friday, everyone. I hope everyone had a fantastic work week. Without further ado, let's get into the day's information. I'd have to start back at the beginning of the week on Monday. I was hopping onto the bus after a long Monday at my high school, and I reached into my pocket to check my phone, a daily routine normally. To my surprise, I discovered the Arizona Diamondbacks were close to acquiring Starling Marte from the Pirates. Now, while I didn't know that Ben Charrington, uh, the Pirates general manager, was talking to teams, I had no idea they were this serious about it. I immediately clicked over to the internet, where indeed the reports were true, and so thinking about, uh, so that by the time that I got home at two thirty, the deal was basically already done. I started thinking about a potential return next. I was thinking at least a major league or even a high AAA top one hundred prospect. Instead, the Pirates received two nineteen-year-old prospects that aren't even in the top one hundred in the MLB. Shortstop Leover Pagaro and righty Brennan Malone. Neither player has made it past short season A ball last year. Let's talk about Pagaro first. He signed with Arizona at the age of 16 in 2017 out of the Dominican Republic. He made his professional debut in 2018 in the Dominican Summer League. He hit well during 22 games with a 309 average, a homer, and 16 RBI. He did not do well in the Arizona League, however, as he hit 197 with no home runs and only 5 RBI. That comes out to a 259 average in his first professional season. Solid first season, and he also made significant strides in his second season. Between short season single A and rookie advanced, he had a 326 clip, 5 homers, and 38 RBIs. He has shown promise, but he is still a long way away from any major league action as he will likely start the season in single A. The other piece in the trade, Brennan Malone. He was the 33rd overall pick last year out of IMG Academy in guess where? Bradenton, Florida. That's the home of the Pittsburgh Pirates spring training facilities. In terms of professional playing time, he has had an extremely small sample size with his only pitching eight innings the entire season. He gave up four runs, all earned in short season single A and the Arizona League. He will start the season at a low level as well. Overall, I know that a lot of people are criticizing this trade, but it seemed necessary and crucial for the Pirates to trade Marte at some point. Obviously, the ceilings are extremely high for these prospects, and it's too early to tell whether or not Charrington made the right call on his first trades of Pirates GM. I also wanted to address that um, Adam Frazier might be the next one to get traded. Uh, who knows? Josh Bell is also in the mix. I think Charrington's uh, listening to everybody uh, for trades and stuff like that. Um, next, we're going to be talking about some of the um, free agent signings that the Pirates made today, uh, Friday, January 31st. He They made four non-roster minor league signings and one major league signing. Uh, lefties Robbie Erlin and Derek Holland. Robbie Erlin, uh, former Padres pitcher, and Derek Holland of uh, San Francisco, Texas, Chicago. I don't know if I'm missing anything there. Probably it seems about accurate. Uh, catcher Andrew Susak, who has been uh, jumping around, kind of place, trying to stick somewhere. 
and outfielder Charlie Tilson. They were all invited to spring training on, uh, like I said, non-roster minor league contracts. Uh, Tilson, he played for Chicago his three years in the league. Uh, they also signed infielder J.T. Riddle. That was their major league contract. Uh, he played for the Marlins the last three seasons of his career. And now I'm going to analyze the players that uh, that we did sign today. So, uh, Robbie Erland, he was a former San Diego Padres hurler as uh, he has accumulated a career 457 ERA, parts of six MLB seasons thus far. His FIP is very promising at, at a nice 359. He, along with Derek Holland, who I'm about to talk about next, uh, he could challenge. They could challenge Stephen Brault for a lefty reliever, or even a starter in uh, in next season's rotation. It's kind of an open, an open uh, spot in the uh, Pirates rotation on bullpen. Kind of a lefty, lefty competition going on over there. Um, speaking of Holland, he has a career 4.54 ERA over parts of. 11 major league seasons. His FIP is very close to that at a 453. Uh, both, uh, like I said, both Erlen and Holland uh, have a very good chance to make the major league team. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Next, uh, I'm going to talk about the position players that we did sign today. Uh, the first I'm going to talk about is Andrew Susak. Uh, he, seems to, he seems to be a depth option. I don't think he'll uh, make, make the major league team this season. For the Pirates, uh, he could be a September call-up late in the season. It depends. We normally do call up a couple catchers late in the season. Um, but he does seem to be a depth option. And it's interesting because we signed John Ryan Murphy and Luke uh, Miley earlier this season. So uh, it's kind of interesting there. Kind of makes for, you know, a little bit of decent competition going on with uh, with the catchers. And he has Andrew Susak has not uh, seen the field in a major league game since 2018, and he spent last season all in the minors uh, with Kansas City Royals system. Uh, like I said, the, uh, the competition is going to be going to be uh, good for depth catcher next season. Indianapolis Triple A. Um, okay, that was it. Uh, Actually, no, one more, uh, Charlie Tilson. I haven't talked about him yet. Uh, he has had a career 200, uh, 246 batting average with uh, one homer and 23 RBIs. That was in uh, parts of three seasons with Chicago. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if he gets like any kind of chance to prove himself uh, with the Pirates organization. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. You never know. Uh, hurting his chances is the only major league player signing that we uh, did sign today. That would be J.T. Riddle, formerly of the uh, formerly, formerly of the Miami Marlins. He has played in 223 games over the course of three seasons in the MLB, and he hasn't done too well to be honest with you. His uh, his career batting average is 229. He has had 17, 79 RBIs and 18 homers in his career. Over three seasons, that's that's not too bad, but the batting average it's pretty low. He has played shortstop and center in his time in the majors, so he could be a bench bat. And at this point, I would call him an option to start in center this season for the Pirates, but I would think he's kind of a long shot since we do have uh, Guillermo Heredia and Brian Reynolds out there in the outfield uh, after trading Marte. 
So he could be. He definitely could be a bench bat, though. I do think he has a strong chance of. He he definitely does have a really good chance to be a bench bat this season. Maybe even uh, maybe even if Frazier does get traded, which I'm not ruling out that possibility, he could take over at shortstop, slide Newman to second, or he could even try out second base. I don't know, but it's just it's just getting interesting uh, over in uh, Pittsburgh down at PNC Park with all the changes we've made this season. Uh, that'll be interesting to see, but now that's enough with the Pirates because now we're going to turn our attention to the Pittsburgh Penguins who um, are coming out of the All-Star break today. They are coming to play tonight in Pittsburgh. They're playing the divisional uh, division rival, Philadelphia Flyers. That'll be starting at 7 p.m. So make sure you tune into that, unless this comes out uh, after the game I've already ended. Just watch the Penguins. <laughs> That's all I have to say with that. Um, they're currently at 67 points. That's pretty good, or they were at 67 points. I don't know. We'll see. Um, through 50 games, and that was good enough uh, for second place in the Metropolitan Division coming into January 31st. And um, the question that I really ask myself is, will they be able to keep up the solid pace, or will they uh, get more people injured as people start coming back? Maybe that's a little that's a question as well. I think uh, Brian Dumlin and... Nick Bugstad, they're still on long-term injured reserve, but Justin Schultz could be coming back as soon as tonight against the Philadelphia Flyers, January 31st. Now, uh, talk a little bit, talk about their schedule a little bit. Uh, they have 17 games against the Metropolitan Division and 11 against the Atlantic. That uh, That's 28 of their remaining games. Of their remaining 32 games are against Eastern Conference opponents. So this is going to be huge. Uh, in terms of shaping the playoff picture as we get on the stretch here, we uh, they also ha- uh, add in one against the Central Division and three against the Pacific. They've had really good success against the Western Conference this year. Um, might as well just move them there. Okay, that was a joke. Uh, so uh, the Pens, their remaining games... Four against the Capitals, one against the Islanders, four against Carolina, and one against Columbus. Those are all huge games as all those teams are fighting uh, for top three spots, even the wild card. We also have uh, we also have a couple against the Flyers coming up. Um, we actually yes, we actually have one coming up against the Flyers tonight, January thirty first, seven p.m. Tune in. <laughs> Um, like I talked about, Schultz, he might come back. Dumlin and Bugstad, I mean, they're skating. They're still in long-term injured reserve. Hopefully they get back to health quickly. But somebody who was injured, and I almost forgot about this, was Dominic Cahoon. Uh, he had a, he got a concussion. He's actually projected to miss another game, even with the, even with the nine-day layoff that we had there from the, uh, from the last game against the Flyers to now where we're going to have a game tonight against the Flyers. So, um, in that case, Anthony Angelo is projected to make his NHL debut tonight against the Flyers. Now, let me tell you a little bit about him. He uh, he was a fifth-round draft pick out of Cornell in 2014, where he had 70 points in 102 collegiate games. He has, uh, since then, played three seasons in the AHL, totaling 54 points in 112 games. So... Uh, hopefully he can make an impact 
tonight against the Flyers in a, uh, future games if Cahoon stays injured. Well, we hope Cahoon gets back to health soon, and we also hope that Angelo has a good uh, debut tonight. So um, uh, I hope that all that goes well. And uh, now I'm going to talk about some of the questions that the Penguins might have going down the stretch. Uh, one of the most important questions that they do have is uh, Tristan Jari or Matt Murray. Where do they go with the uh, Where do they go with the goalie situation? Uh, do they ride the better goalie recently, which has actually been Matt Murray lately? He's been playing pretty well, uh, and uh, therefore they'd have to disregard that he has historically poor second halves uh, in the NHL. Or do we go with Tristan Jari a little? Uh, he was a he was actually fighting for a backup goaltender spot, and the reason they kept him on the team was because uh, Casey DeSmith had a worse uh, worse cap hit, but that ended up working out because Tristan Jari is now one of the best goalies in the league this season and is still considered a backup because Matt Murray has played more games than him. Let's not forget about that. Um, do we go with Tristan Jar? He, he has no experience in big games. Now, Matt Murray, we all know he won, he's won two cups. So I wonder if we're going to keep him down, uh, down the stretch, uh, rather than Jari, but it'll be interesting to see. And, uh, I think that's it. That's just going to be another question. Just, like I said, another question just to add, add to the list of questions that we've had this season. Uh, but now, I know the season's still a while away, but it wouldn't be a Pittsburgh sports cat podcast without all of the teams that don the black and gold jerseys. Uh, so next up, I'm going to be talking a little bit about the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, everybody knows the Steelers have some positions that they need to improve on. Maybe a running back, a wide receiver here or there, an offensive lineman. Uh, and some people even think a quarterback upgrade is necessary, which I personally don't, but I'll get to that later. Um, but no, today I'm going to actually talk about a positional group that only got 408 yards of production this past season. And I get with Ben gone and the constant switches of the quarterback situation, it was pretty hard to get the ball to anyone looking for catches. But the Steelers' tight end attack was pretty weak last season. Uh, with Vance McDonald, he only had like 200, I think it was 260... 263, no, 273 um, receiving yards last season. And uh, Nick Vanette, he, I mean, they're, they're both very uh, decent blocking tight ends, but in, as far as catching goes last season, neither of them really made a huge impact in that department. So I think the Steelers m- should look to upgrade at that position. And here's one interesting name that I'm going to add to the mix. Yesterday, there was uh, some news that came out. Not sure if everybody heard or not, but Greg Olson's actually going to mutually part ways with the Carolina Panthers. So I feel like that's kind of interesting because Greg Olson, he's he's uh, he's 34. He's going to be 35 soon, and he's got he's getting to that point in his career where he's getting he's getting pretty he's getting pretty old. But he did have 597 receiving yards last year. That outtotaled the entire Pittsburgh Steelers uh, tight end core. So while some may call Greg Olson too old, I personally believe he does have more left in the tank. And his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, did say that he would – and Greg Olson did say that they would be returning to the league. So uh, they're going to talk to – they're going to talk to teams after the Super Bowl ends. Uh, he, everything out gained him. I think he has more left in the tank. Although there is, there is one issue that I do have 
with signing Greg Olson and it might be the cap situation that the Pittsburgh Steelers have right now. They're not in the best they're not in the best situation and while they do have to try to re sign Bud Dupree and a couple other guys, it might be kinda hard because uh Greg Olson did make about eight and a half million dollars last year. And if he looks for that same salary, I don't think the Steelers will be able to get to that point where they can uh pay up Greg Greg Olson. Well, uh that'll be an interesting development. See where he signs. Uh, but yeah, that would require the Steelers to maybe cut players, move on from players, not re-sign Bud Dupree, which I think is a very big, very big uh, thing that the Steelers have to check off their list that they have to do. Uh, another significant question surrounding this team is what what do they do in this upcoming draft? They're in a little bit of a a weird, odd situation because they don't have a first round draft pick, and their first pick's at number forty nine. That that's uh that's due to the Minka Fitzpatrick trade that we made with the Miami Dolphins, where we gave them our first round draft pick which is now in the top 20 so yeah that's interesting uh experts that i've seen i've looked up uh multiple mock drafts it's kind of conflicting but what uh what i think most experts do agree on is that we need some uh production from the offensive side of the ball maybe offensive lineman a wide receiver a quarterback in some situations but what i was going to say about that earlier was I think Ben's going to play at least another two seasons. I think I know his contract's expiring soon or whatever. But I think I think we'll be fine at quarterback at least for the next two seasons. He'll probably get a one a one year extension. Maybe uh maybe look next year whenever we do have a higher draft pick and uh aim for aim for quarterback there. I know a lot of people will disagree with me but there but that's just my personal opinion. Um what many do agree on, you know, offensive what I was going to say, wide receiver, offensive lineman even, even a tight end, drafting a tight end, I know uh, I know they might need to look to the free agent side so they can upgrade like a different positional group. But uh, one mock draft that I saw, actually a lot of mock drafts that I saw, say that the Steelers are going to be getting Ohio State running back J.K. Dobbins. Now, this, he's he's kind of interesting because – his first two seasons, they were good, but they weren't as good as uh, his last season in in Ohio State. Five ten, two hundred seventeen pounds. He's coming off uh, by far his best season. He got uh, he got three hundred and one carries for an absolutely astounding two thousand and three yards and twenty one touchdowns on the ground to go, along with two hundred and forty seven yards through the air and two additional touchdowns. Uh, I think. I think he should go before 49. And if he's available by 49, Steelers should pick him up because this is a great running back. Uh, another intriguing player that I saw show up was a uh, quarterback. Like I said, this was on a recent mock draft by FantasyPros.com. This was uh, Jacob Eason uh, of the Washington Huskies. Now, he just, uh, he just transferred to Washington not that long ago, and this was his first season as a full starter. Um, yeah, so he had this season he had 3,132 yards, a completion percentage of 64.2, and he had 23 passing touchdowns to go along with that. Uh, he transferred over from University of Georgia, where he, had, uh, he, he was a starter for one season, and then he, uh, he kind of dropped off from there. So, uh, anyways, with the Steelers, a lot of questions, a lot of questions with all the Pittsburgh teams, I think, a lot of interesting uh, conversations that you could have, a lot of different 
a lot of different answers. But only time will tell, and I think we're at, out of time today. I want to thank everybody who's listening and hope everybody has a great rest of their week uh, whenever I do upload again. I don't have a set, I, like I said, I don't have a set schedule yet because I don't know when I'll be recording. I don't know when I have time. I'm in high school, uh, and I do play ho- I do play deck hockey, so I don't know when my next up, uh, podcast upload will be, but I'm, I'm trying to get out at least one a week. I'm trying to get out at least one a week. That's, that's my goal. And if you do like this podcast today, go ahead and go over to Instagram and follow my brand new account, uh, at City of Bridges podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and once again, have a great week.